In this episode of the Sojo Show, we are back in Nehemiah, and we're going to be looking at Nehemiah chapter 6, in particular talking about different types of distractions and different types of opposition that Nehemiah faced as he was on mission to build the wall, and how this actually very much relates to our lives today. Take a listen and enjoy. Welcome to the Sojo Show with Jen and AJ, where you'll dig deep into God's Word alongside two imperfect frequently ineloquent women as we discover fresh ways to walk out God's truth together. Welcome back to the Sojo Show, everybody, with Jen and AJ. I am AJ, and I'm here with Jen. Hello. (laughs) I am Jen. (laughs) Okay, so Jen, to kick us off, I've got a question for you, as normal. Okay. I want to know if you're a pushover or not, so... (laughs) (laughs) How hard is it for you to say no to someone who asks you to do something? Do you find that difficult or are you just like, no, ma'am, I'm not doing that. I know my boundaries. (laughs) Absolutely not. (laughs) I am really not good at boundaries. I mean, really, I'm not. So, I mean, I think I think it depends, but I will say that I get myself really too deep into things because Mm -hmm. I, before I realize it. So I think my problem is, I think these are going to take less, they're going to be less involved than they actually are Mm, when I commit to things. And so I commit to something. And then here's the other problem. Once you commit to something one time, I don't know if you've realized this in your life, but it seems like you've like all of a sudden committed yourself to it forever. (laughs) Mm-hmm. yes you're married to your yes <laughs> it's like the next time the same thing comes around it's like oh oh well jen will do that because she did it once five years ago and now she's doing mm-hmm. it every year so yeah it is hard to say no i think it yes. really is for and i don't know if it's a people pleaser thing or if it is a true i mean i would hope it's out of a true desire to help but a lot of times it's just i don't I don't know. I just don't want to, I just, I want to do it. I want to be able to do it and I want to be able to do it, but yeah, it be a distraction. Well, I think that we're as, as females, as women, most of us are probably like that in that we want to help other people, you know, it's kind of, kind of part of our softness, I think. So it's very normal. Um, but some of us have a harder time at saying no than others. Yeah. So it's really hard for me to say no to, because I mean, part of it is if I know it's something that I'm capable of doing, then I want to say yes. And I'm honored that they would ask me, you know, so yeah, it's kind of hard to say no about yeah. some things, but, and you want it done well. Yeah. And if you know that you can do it well, you know, right. right. Yeah. I mean, there's so many things. There's so many good reasons to say yes. However, there are also some good reasons to say no sometimes. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. And actually, Nehemiah is an example of saying no to quite a few different things. And Mm -hmm. he had the discernment to understand why he needed to say no and why it was actually imperative for him to say no. So Jen, do you want to kind of give us a little bit of backstory? I think we're talking about, is it chapter six today in Nehemiah? We've we've talked about chapters one, chapters four and five. 
And I'm pretty sure we're at chapter six today. We are. We are. So the last week, if you didn't hear our podcast, go back and listen to that. And we talked about opposition to the mission. And there's two different main types. There's the external opposition. And then there's this internal opposition, which is, you know, kind of the how we relate to each other. Well, then in chapter six, so so Nehemiah has dealt with all that. <laughs> he dealt with mm-hmm. with chapter four, the external, chapter five, the internal. And now he's back and he's and he's got to face some a different type of external opposition. Okay. So he basically is battling against an external enemy that is bent on his destruction, right? And bent on the fact that that the wall is not going to be built. So this time though, I think I love this chapter because the tactics of the enemy shift. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it shifts to three different types of opposition and destruction. And that in and of itself is a lesson for us to know that if you are really good at fighting a particular type of battle, the enemy is going to change his game plan. Mm-hmm. And I think in recognize, even before we talk about these types of, of um, opposition, that is important for us to realize in and of itself because we are to be sober-minded and watchful, First Peter said, because we do have an adversary that is going to try to find our weaknesses. But we don't want to just talk about the, the opposition. We need to recognize that we can stand against that opposition because of Christ in us. So that same passage in Peter, 1 Peter 5, that says we have a devil that prowls around like a roaring lion seeking to devour us. It it also says to resist him firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced. Okay. And it says, after you've suffered for a little while, the God of all grace, who's called you to eternal glory in Christ will restore, confirm, strengthen and establish you. So knowing that we're going to fight these types of opposition that we're going to talk about that Nehemiah also fought, it's important to recognize that that yes, we may see these these things in our life, but we have the strength to overcome it and we will have victory over it. We already do have victory over it. So yeah. So yeah, so yeah. that's that's kind of where where we are in Nehemiah right now. Well, before we, we dive now. into that, I think it's, I think, you know, as you were talking, I was just remembering one of the times I heard Billy, Billy Graham speak. Um, it was on a radio program or something. I don't remember. It was not in person, but he said that the longer he walked with the Lord, the more subtle the attacks of the devil were and the more evil they were. And I think we see that in this chapter in Nehemiah because, you know, yeah. Sanballat and his horde, they tried to taunt, they tried discouragement, they tried violence, they tried all of the things that were very clear opposition, right? Yeah. Yeah. And yet now here we see a very, his tactics change from being very openly aggressive to be very, to being very subtle. And I think this is something that we really need to recognize. And if Nehemiah had not been on his toes, if he had not been walking closely with God in prayer constantly, as we see throughout the book of Nehemiah, he was constantly in prayer to God. If it, if that hadn't have been the case, 
he might have been susceptible to some of the deception that was put on him through all of these different ways of opposition. So yeah, I think it's just very interesting to see how those tactics did change. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the first one because the first one leads us to like this really famous verse in Nehemiah that um, actually, if you're familiar, we run Sojo Academy. We have a Bible study right now, and this is the title of our Bible study that we will not come down. We will not back down. Um, and it comes from this chapter indirectly. But in the first part of chapter three, San Ballot and his crew, they could not get him away from his mission with all those physical threats and those obvious things that AJ was talking about. So they tried to trick him into just basically a discussion. They just mm-hmm. wanted, they said that they said, come down and let's talk, let's chat and let's meet together at Hakafirum in the plain of Ono, wherever he just wants. They, he just said, let's just talk now. In the chapter, it says they intended to do me harm. So um, Nehemiah recognized that they didn't want to just chat. But this is what they were doing. They were trying to kind of just gently, hey, let's just talk about it. And then Nehemiah says in verse 3, this famous quote that says, I sent messengers to them saying, I am doing a great work and I cannot come down Why should the work stop while I leave it and come down to you? And then in verse four, I love verse four because it says they sent to me four times in this way. And I answered them in the same manner. And so, I mean, I guess the point of this is his opposition was not only trying to be deceitful and telling him, oh, we just want to do this innocuous thing, like have a discussion. But they were being persistent in mm-hmm. their deception. And yeah. Nehemiah recognized it. He was persistent in his building of the wall, in his mission. He did not let this distraction, this diversion, this ability to, you know, at some point I probably would have been like, fine, I will come and talk to you. Quit bothering me. You know, but he didn't. Mm-hmm. He kept up the mission of the wall. And each time he responded, I will not come down. Mm -hmm. I'm busy. I'm doing the work of God. Yeah. Well, and you know, it, it sounded so innocent, right? I mean, it sounded like, okay, well, maybe we can, there can be like a meeting of the minds here. You know, when somebody says, can we, can we meet to chat, especially if it's somebody that you've not had a super great relationship with, that kind of looks like, okay, there's some room for reconciliation here, but he recognized it. Number one, he recognized their true intent. And I think that was just divine understanding of what was happening. But also he recognized this is a waste of my time. This is not worthy of my time. You know, I'm on a mission and I cannot devote any margin in my life to secondary things, you know? And, and I think that is, whoa, that kind of smacks me between the eyes, honestly, because like (laughs) how often am I distracted by the smallest little things when, when we too, okay. It's not just me when each and every one of us, we have a mission in life. You know, we, we do have a noble calling and yet it's so easy to be distracted from that. 
Yeah. And and a lot of things that draw us away from our mission and away from God are morally neutral. Is what I like right. to call it. That's what I say. They're it, they're not bad things. It's not like the enemy saying, "Come, let's go out and you know and do this terrible thing." <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that, because that's that's not. They're morally neutral things. They're things like we talked about earlier. And when you asked me that question, they're they're saying yes to things that are good things potentially, mm-hmm. but they are drawing me away from the best thing. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah. some of the things you're distracted by may not be good for your soul. It may be watching, you know, a Netflix series that is not uplifting. Right. It may be something that is not good for you. But some of them may be things that, you know, are not bad for you, but they're still drawing you away from your mission. And I think recognizing those is a it's a level of maturity that you know, I'm still striving for. <laughs> yeah. I'm still yeah, striving for. Both. So, yeah. Well, um, and also the fact that Nehemiah, I mean, he understood what his mission was. And I think for a lot of us, we can become unclear on that, you know, or it can become so mundane and wrote to us that we forget how important it really is. You know, so I think going back to, okay, what is my mission as, as believers, why why are we here? What has God given us to do? And, and articulating that well and understanding it and embracing it. And then recognizing how we are to do that every day, you know, as we step out of our house, as we, as we encounter those relationships in the loved ones around us, you know, how, how do we accomplish that mission today and really getting an understanding for that? I think that's super important in order to say no to the distractions when they come. Yeah, absolutely. And then, so you said this earlier, I believe, is being in kind of persistent and consistent prayer. Mm -hmm. Um, Nehemiah, once again, exhibits this for us when he says in verse nine, now, oh God, strengthen my hands. He basically is just as a response, just strengthen me, strengthen my hands. And mm-hmm. and just like we need to understand our mission, we also need to be in constant community and communion. We need to be in constant conversation with a mighty God who is the only one that can strengthen us for the mission. So. Yeah. And you know what I love about that too, is that he didn't say, oh God, you know, should I do this or should I not do this? Like, he he knew right away. He knew yeah. what to say no to. And it, it there wasn't like this doubt constantly flooding him. Like, what should I be doing? What should I not be doing? I mean, he knew what he was to do. And he was just constantly asking God, help me fulfill this. Help me fulfill this. Help me fulfill this. And I think that's powerful too for us because a lot of times we can just waste time and emotional energy doubting, you know, doubting. Am I supposed to be doing this? Am I in the right place? Is this where God wants me to be on and on and on and on instead of just knowing, God, I'm here on your mission from you. Help me to do it quickly and and powerfully and to the best of my ability. You know, those are two different kinds of prayer. And I I just, I love how Nehemiah was super clear on that. Yeah, yeah. So the next thing that happens is something I think we can all relate to to some degree as well. And that is that their next tactic was to 
defame his character, to attack his character and disgrace him. And, you know, in verse 13, it says they would give me a bad name in order to taunt me. In verse eight, it says that I sent to him saying no such thing have you, as you say, have been done for you're inventing them out of your own mind. So he so he basically on this this he gave up trying to have a conversation and he basically says he's he's giving sending false reports about Nehemiah. And the king will hear these reports. So now come and let us take counsel together. So he's still wanting to talk, but he's he's basically saying, look, I'm, we're going to we're going to tattle on you. And Nehemiah is like, I, these are false. These accusations are false and they are made. They are intended to make me afraid. And so in this whole passage, if you kind of read through it, I think it's just fascinating that I when this happens to me in small ways, small ways or big ways, I tend to get so discouraged. And instead of falling back on what I know to be true, I'm like, well, is this really me? You know, are these reports true, so to speak? And I think it's important to recognize that we, the enemy will come against us. And one of the tactics will be to, to say things about us that are not true. Mm -hmm. Well, and also like, you know, it just in line with what you're talking about in verse five, it says that it was an open letter. So, so they went to Nehemiah four times in the same way. He answered them in the same manner. And then they sent an open letter, which means that everybody could read it. You know, everybody could read the charges that Sanballat and the lies and deception, the disgraceful things that were being said. And it goes on to say, they thought they would frighten us thinking their hands will now drop from the work and it will not be done. And so the whole reason for this open letter was to discourage the people in Nehemiah's life who was helping and to get them to be discouraged and frightened and to get them to quit. And, and a lot of times that happens to us as well, where the people around us, you know, maybe their vision starts to diminish or their faith starts to wane, or maybe that they become naysayers, you know, and, and when that happens, when we're surrounded by people who maybe can't see things as clearly as we can, or the mission, like we see it, it start, it can affect us, you know, it can affect our faith and our level of belief and trust and, and our energy. And I mean, everything is affected by that. And that is a tactic of the enemy to get us discouraged. And that's a really good point that the people became involved because they not only attacked and defamed Nehemiah, but if you see here, it says just as a continuation of the verse you were reading, it says that the report was the open letter was that you, Nehemiah and the Jews intend to rebel. And that is why you're building the wall. And according yeah. to these reports, you wish to become their king. So this was the the false report. He was saying that it wasn't just you, but it was you and all of these people. And mm-hmm. so that's when Nehemiah said, wait a minute, this is you're making this stuff up. But to your point, AJ, is we've now included all these other people. So so it's not just the strength of the of the one man, but mm-hmm. but it's now the the entire 
community that is building the wall have to also band together and mm-hmm. and remember their mission. Right. Or they will start tearing each other down because now they're all, they've all been accused, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm sure this is a really bad crime. I'm sure this is something that they don't, you know, they don't want to be be accused of this. And so it's basically treason that he's accusing them of. And so we in community have to recognize that just like we talked about last uh, one week when we talked about ordinary people building the wall, we also have to build each other's faith. We're building the mission, but we're also building each other up and each other's faith because the enemy will not just come against you, but he will come against those that are working with you and those around you. Just like, that's a great point. Yeah. And I think, I mean, this is just something I think we need to reiterate to each other. You know, when you hear someone saying something that is faithless, (laughs) encourage them, gently encourage them to believe God. And to believe his word, because not only is that going to affect them, it's going to affect you and everybody else around them too. Like part of our job as believers in Christ Jesus is to strengthen one another's faith and to cause our minds and our eyes to shift from what we see and from the discouragement that the enemy is constantly throwing us, shift our mind and our gaze to Jesus and what he is capable of doing and what he has already done, which is significant. It is not without effect. And we need to remember that. And we need to encourage each other to remember that too. So this is just such a great example for us in everyday life. And again, I mean, we could talk about this for so long. We don't have enough episode opportunities to really dive into all of this, but it's it's just so good. Yeah. Um, So I think finally, encouraging one another and being discerning. We've already talked about that because in this chapter, there's one more way in which that the opposition comes against him. And that's trying to entrap him and doing something that might sound good, but actually would have caused his demise. And that was, they tried some, some, some random people came and told, they said, let us meet together in the house of God within the temple. Let us close the doors of the temple for they're coming to kill you. Um, so he's he's scaring them. He's scaring Nehemiah, but they're also saying, let's go to the temple, which may not be such a bad thing, right? But actually, in that culture, if you were not a priest, um, that was punishable by death to enter the temple. And so Nehemiah said, and this was the discerning part. He says, he says, I will not go in. And he said, he said, am I going to run away? But then the, the this part really stood out to me. I understood and saw that God had not sent him, but the Tobiah and Sambala had hired him, talking about these people. So he just had such discernment. And for me, that is that is where I think that when all of these tactics come against us, having the discernment to recognize when they are actual distractions and when they are actually of God, even if they sound good, then I think that is one of the things we should be praying for and striving for. And to your point earlier, what you just said about being in the word, that is how we get this discernment. That is the only way to start understanding what is actually a ploy of the enemy and what 
are the good things, the wall building things we should be doing. And that is by being in communion, communion with God and his being in his word and praying regularly and being part of a community of others that are doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, really at the root of all of that is a, a heart of humility. You know, we cannot become complacent and just think, oh, okay, well, you know, things are going along. Okay. So I can kind of let my guard down, so to speak, you know, there is this constant humility that we see in the life of Nehemiah where he is dependent on God constantly. And living in that place of dependency is a great place to be, although it's not always comfortable. It's a great place to be because then it it we we're aware of our own limitations, right? And that's that's good because when we're aware of that. We're constantly relying on the Lord to be our protection and to, to be our source of strength, to be our wisdom, to, to let us know when those deceiving voices are present and to give us the discernment that we need. So that is a really great place when we're there, although it is, it's not fun, you know, it's not fun. And I, I think we can see from the life of Nehemiah just this great example of somebody who was a leader and yet he lived in constant dependency on God. Yeah. Yeah. And I will end this by saying, remember our, let's remember our mission and remember the reason that we have to understand and learn to say no. The reason that we are striving for this discernment. And that is because souls are in the balance. Our mission is to build the kingdom of God and to glorify him so that he can draw men to him. It's not up to us to say we can't do that, but we can do our part to build a wall, so to speak, to be on mission so that he can work through us. And remembering that as we go forward, I think is very helpful in being able to figure out what distractions to say no to um, and which what the important parts of the mission are. Yeah. Well, once again, this was a jam packed episode. There's so much more we so could much. say, but let's so read the chapter. Yeah. Read, read the, the chapter. chapter. Yep. That's right. <laughs> and we actually do have one more episode in Nehemiah for you guys. As um, because there are five Mondays in May. So we'll be back next week and we look forward to diving into another topic. I don't know how we're going to narrow down the next one, but we'll figure something out. Somehow we'll figure it out. (laughs) All right. Have a blessed day, guys. See you next time. This episode is brought to you by Sojo Academy, an ongoing membership for Christian women that provides a practical, streamlined spiritual growth plan for every woman.